What had the Lady Jessica to sustain her in her time of trial? Think you carefully on this Benet Desert proverb, and perhaps you will see. Any road followed precisely to its end leads precisely nowhere. Climb the mountain just a little bit to test that it's a mountain. From the top of the mountain, you cannot see the mountain. From Muhadib Family Commentaries by the Princess Hero. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we are going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Shortly after I silence my phone, <laughs> noob. It's okay, man. We're just doing a podcast. <laughs> and we're also live streaming on YouTube right in this moment. So you can find us at Reading Dune which you probably are if you're watching on YouTube. But if you're listening to a podcast, you can find us there. All right, moving forward. <laughs> what did you, you get out of this quote? I, I honestly was a little confused by it. The same. It seemed very deep and uh, mystical and powerful, but it kind of went over my head. <laughs> Uh, yeah okay so any road precisely no any road followed precisely to its end leads precisely nowhere all right climb the mountain just a little bit to test that it's a mountain from the top of the mountain you cannot see the mountain i'm thinking like there's they're going on this path but they're so far in it that they can't know where it's going to lead does that make sense No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this one. Princess I mean, Hero One, I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds like good juice, but I cannot find the good juice in the good juice, you know? Yes. Yes. I I mean I'm I think back to the, the quote in the note later on in the book about the proximity to danger or the proximity to a good thing, but I don't really know. All right, so Picking up, Jessica is coming from her discussion with Yui, and then she's going to inspect the other wings of the house before she assigns quarters. So she's now at the end of the south wing, and she sees a metal staircase that's spiraling up into an oval door. Which is weird. Which is weird, because all doors I know are, are like a rectangle shape. Very rectangular, except in the Shire. Right. That's the only place I've ever seen of a roundish type door. So she kind of goes to it. She looks at the spiral staircase and she sees dried bits of earth on the open metalwork of the steps. Right. So we're still in this like industrial type place. So she puts her hand on a rail, starts to climb up, and then um, there's no, she gets to the door with a handle. And she thinks, surely not a palm lock, right? Because a palm lock would be basically an imprint that you put your hand on and would read the, you know, grooves of your hand and it would yeah. open, open it up. 
and she, she's like, there are ways to open any palm walk, as she learned in school. So evidently in Bene Gesserit school and their Jedi Master school, they just like manipulate their hands for funsies. Like, I just picture like a close up of her skin, just like you know, like moving around and changing. Like is that how they like they broke into the headmaster's office or something? Right. Like I gotta change my grade here, and she like that's it's so weird. I don't know. <laughs> that's some Jedi stuff right there. Right. All right, so yeah, she can control her body. We get it. Okay, thanks, Frank. All right, so she then glanced back. And then she sees Mapes come up the bottom of the stairs. And Mapes is like, there are men in the Great Hall. They, they're looking for Paul. I still don't like your Mapes voice, but I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> and Jessica's like, ah, cautious one. I like this Mapes. Like, always check everything past Jessica. Um, and then Jessica's like, yeah, bye. He's in the fifth room. This small bedroom, if you have trouble waking it up, you know, call Yui. He may require a wake shot because she thinks that he was, like, drugged to go to sleep. Right. Mapes again casts a piercing stare at the oval door. And Jessica thought she was detecting loathing in her expression. So Mapes knows what's behind the door. Yeah. Which, now, reading through it again, or, like, reading... Talking about Mace looking at the door and knowing what's behind the door. Because this is your first time ever reading Dune, right? Exactly. I have no idea. I have to repeat it every episode in case somebody just decided to come in on chapter 10. Um, like, I didn't know why she was, like, salty about the door. And knowing what's inside, it's very clear why she would be pissed off about the... Uh, well, we, we can keep going. Yes. We'll there's, a, there's, a lot, yeah, there's a lot behind the door here. So she was like, ah, oh, Howat has uh, secured this place. It should be fine. So she swings the door open, and then there's another door. She goes, an airlock, right? So why would there be an airlock in this big place? She also right. noticed that the door was left propped open. But it had closed. Somebody probably knocked the prop down or something happened. Somebody had been in there before and they left it open on purpose, but it was it was closed. Right. So was it an accident? Was like the air closing it? Or did somebody see that it was left propped and then was like, no, and must shut the door? Right. We don't know. Something is obviously so, afoot. Something is, yes, something is afoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she was like, why? She was like, why is there an airlock in the house? So she thinks of exotic creatures sealed off in special climates and she clicks special climates. And so let's see. She had the sense that it, um, on Arrakis, where even the driest of off world plants grow, they had to be irrigated. She, she goes to the, the handle. She faced the wheel walking in her door, seeing now a faint inscription etched in the metal above the handle. She recognized Gaelic words. It read, Oh man, here is the lovely portion of God's creation. Then stand before it and learn to love thy perfection of thy supreme friend. She put her weight on the wheel. It turned left and the inner door opened. A gentle draft 
feathered her cheek, stirred her hair. She felt mm. a change in the air, a richer taste. She walked, she swung the door wide, and it was massive greenery with yellow sunlight pouring across it. So there's something I kind of want to get. I want to get into this. We'll be in a world of pure imagination. It's exactly what this feels like. Like there's a whole new world. It's like a chocolate river happening. It's crazy. I mean, there's a fountain in here, which is already weird enough. Right. For the planet, because this is, I think. Okay, so this this conservatory, what it was, was built a long time ago. She's going to try to figure out who built it or was this for her? What's going on? This thing is, is ancient in comparison. Um, it was there. This was the main city on Arrakis and the people that were stationed here. This was built for their wives because there was, this was the only greenery on the planet. And it Basically. was a display of giant wealth. Except for the so, palm trees, man. Well, right, to the palm tree. And I think this is what, so Jessica sees it. She hears the rhythmic noises. She sees the plants. There's even roses. Even roses. Yeah, right? Um, She parted the jungle, overlapping the leaves, looked through the center of the room. A low fountain stood there, small with footed lips. Right? She's like, holy cow, what is happening? Where am I? She then does her... Quick sense clearing regimen, right? Her Bene Gesserit senses click in. She like goes right. through the stuff and becomes She's like, like myself way too much. Something's wrong. Right. Yes. So she realizes that the room is approximately um, 10 meters square. At the end of the hall, there's little differences in construction. They've been added on the roof of this wing, right? So there's some other stuff. But every available space in the room was crowded with exotic, wet climate plants. And there's even like a robot that comes out afterwards and like, like sprays her with water, right? Hits her on the face. It's like water is everywhere in this room, on a planet where water is the most precious juice of life. Water being wasted so conspicuously that it shocked her to an inner stillness. So when the last when, the, when she's talking with Yui, they're talking about like water to people comparison. Mm-hmm. So how many people could live here if this wasn't here? Right. She. I think at some point she said thousands. Yes. Like at some point of the yeah, this is the water in that one room. Thousand people's lives. Uh. So, yeah, that's one thing to look at. Um, and then she starts thinking about who built this? What is going on? Who could have built this at a place? Lido? Like her first, her first thing is like, my husband obviously got this for me. Thank you. <laughs> it would be like him surprise me with such a gift, but there hasn't the time. Like, nope, nope, that's not it. Um, but it's definitely, she gets, she gets shocked by the, idea of how much moisture there is she recalled the reports on the um, arakine houses were sealed by airlocks and doors with windows to conserve the reclaimed interior moisture but 
Guido had said it was a deliberate statement of power and wealth for the house to ignore such precautions, its doors and windows being sealed only against omnipresent dust. So Guido had taken off those seals to say, like, we are one of you, and now we only had, it's only sealed for dust, which is going to get in everything because it's a sand planet. Um, so, yeah, this is, he's trying to, so much wa- water is wealth. I mean, it's funny because, like, the spice is wealth. But on Iraq, is, spice doesn't matter. It's everywhere. Right. What they don't have is water. There's that, there's that weird flip of comparison because, you know, nowhere else in the universe is the spice. So spice is the thing that everybody wants. But here on Arrakis, it's plentiful. No one cares. Um, so then she's looking around. She, like, moved, and she glimpses a white notepad and a stylus there, partly concealed by an overhanging f- fan leaf, right? She crosses it, how it's been, have checked it off, cool. So she reads it. So on the message, you want to read, read what the message says? I know you got the book in front of you. Yeah, I got it. It's a little more wrinkly than last time. I'm getting wrinklier. Um, to the Lady Jessica, may this place give you as much pleasure as, as it has given me. Please permit the room to convey a lesson we learned from the same teachers. The proximity of a desirable thing tempts one to overindulgence. On that path lies danger. My kindest wishes, Margot Lady Fenring. All right. The proximity of a desirable thing attempts one to overindulgence. Right. Which already the whole, that whole short message seems filled with, coded secret stuff stuff yeah um so lady fenring was the wife to count fenring who was the emperor's right hand man they were living there last hmm. he's also been a jesuit so she's like yo watch out yeah but she didn't know like jessica didn't know that she i think she knows she's been a jesuit oh i thought she like gathered that from Yeah, there's a coded phrase in the message. Yeah. Couched as it was in a way to inform her the writer was another B'nai Jesuit. On the path lies danger. Yes. So then she's like, danger, so there's got to be another message somewhere. Right. That was was like a... uh, one of the phrases, right? One of the B'nai Jesuit phrases. It's like, on, on that, that path. Yeah. Means there's something else going on. Something else behind. Planned within plans. <laughs> so she looks up and then she finds the, uh, the leaf. Right? And she, she reads the leaf. There's like Braille or something on the leaf. Yeah, it just says dots, right? Yeah, subtle coded dots. Yeah. And this one says, your son and the Duke are in immediate danger. Okay, wait, way to get straight to the point here. I figured we finally got there. The bedroom is designed to attract your son. The Harkonians loaded it with death, death traps to be discovered, leaving one that may escape detection. Right, we, we just went through that. We were there with Paul. Right. Um, Jessica put down the urge to run back to Paul. And then her finger sped over the dots. I don't know the exact nature of the menace. It has something to do with the bed. 
The threat to you and your duke involves the defection of a trusted companion or lieutenant. The Harkonnen plans to give you a gift to a minion. To the best of my knowledge, this conservatory is safe. Forgive that I tell no more. My my sources are are few, as my count is not in the pay of the Harkonnen in haste. Hmm. So we know about Paul's stuff, because we were there for that. What we don't know is that, like, who is Count Fenring talking to? Like, how big is this plan? Who knows of the whole Piter's plan? Right. Evidently, lots of people. (laughs) Right. What we do know, as a reader, is that... uh, Margot, Lady Lady Fenring, mm-hmm. is onto it. Like she actually knows what's actually going on. The characters in the the rest of them don't can't necessarily trust the information they got from that message, but we know that she was dead on. She's dead on. Yeah. Like down to the bed and everything. Like like this plan is been well talked about. Whether she overheard it, people or like. Somebody laid it all out and she overheard the thing. Mm-hmm. Or at least part of the thing. Um, Jessica turns around and sees Paul right there, right? Because Paul just had his encounter with the hunter seeker and went to go find mom. She just busted. Um, so he has a hunter seeker in his hand. He's like, look what I found. Yeah. Right? He's so like casual about it. She's like, Paul, what are you doing? What is that? And he's like, hunter seeker? No big deal. I killed it. <laughs> But I want to make sure the water should short it out. Like, and so he's like, she's like, immerse it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it 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 died, right? It, the water killed it. Um, and then Paul's like, wait, where are we? Like, what is all this stuff? This is very not like Arrakis. Right. Um <laughs> And she, she's like, the room is believed to be safe. And he's like, yeah, my room is supposed to be safe too. Like, uh, hello. <laughs> and but then he, she's like, that the hunter seeker has control beams, have a limited range. The thing could have been spirited in here after how it had been to get investigation. So she's like, okay, who could have run this? Not Howitt. Surely not Howitt, right? Because he messed up his job. Right. And he's like, yeah, Howitt's man is searching the house. The seeker almost got the old woman who came to wake me. The shout out Mapes, Jessica said, remembering the encounter at the stairs. And she was like, yeah, your, your dad was going to come see you. He's like, that can wait. Wait, this room is still safe, right? And then yeah. he was like, <laughs> she showed him the note. And Paul's like, matter of factly, like, the Harkonnens are trying to kill us. We, sh- we shall have to destroy them. I like, he's just so... <laughs> just like suddenly got so uh virtuous we shall have to destroy them like it's the only it's the only solution is just kill them all yeah that's not foretelling okay moving forward um so then one of howitt's men came in right and it's uh he was like he said, we found a Karn in the cellar and had caught a man. He had the seeker console. And Jessica's like, cool, I want to be part of the investigation. And he was like, yeah, we killed him. Oops. He said, we messed him up. <laughs> that caught me when I was reading. Uh, sorry, man, we messed him up catching him. 
He uh, died. He died. <laughs> we make him look good. Like, no, like we were supposed to catch him and like, uh, we wanted to investigate him. And then Paul was like, was he an Iraqi native? Jessica nodded at the astuteness of the question. The man said he had the native look. I was like, yeah, way to, way to blend natives right off the bat. <laughs> Just going for it. He had that same kind of look, tell you what. Yeah, we, we killed him. He didn't, he didn't matter. Like, come on. We just made this guy Southern so fast. He was just doing the best job. Like, he then apologizes, right? We don't want to, we're going to kind of give him some grace here. Um, he was like, yeah, I, wait, what's it say? He says something like, um, he says the stone and mortar he came through the cellar were untouched when we inspected it yesterday I'll stake my reputation on it so he was hiding in there no one questions your thoroughness Jessica said I question it my lady we should have used sonic probes down there and Paul's like so you're doing that now like you should have done right yes sir (laughs) so he was like okay honest mistake we found him we killed him it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay it's okay we got it don't worry, we're safe now. Again, and then Jessica, I think Jessica and Paul are like, uh, yeah, nothing is safe anymore. Right. Um, so he mounted the guard outside. And then I'll go, Paul, like, breaks this sudden silence and goes, hey, mom. he talked talk to his mom, obviously. We'd better go over the house later ourselves. Your eyes might see things others would miss. Like, yeah, no one's safe, mom. Don't trust anybody. We'll have to use our Brene Gesserit weirding stuff and figure it all out. <laughs> and then they go into like, all right, so is, is Howitt to be trusted, right? Because Howitt is the one who cleared these rooms. Is he the traitor? Um, and she asked Jessica, I mean, yeah, um, Jessica asks Paul, do you distrust Howitt? And Paul says, no, but he's getting old. He's overworked. We could take some of the load from him. And then um, Jessica says, like, how it has served three generations of Atreides with honor. Like, he deserves every respect. He's never tried to kill us all before, and he's had plenty of opportunities. We should, we should think of him well. Um, and then Paul, like, you read the next sentence where he talks about... Yeah, they have kind of a really funny interaction. He's like... Basically, uh, when dad, when you bug dad, he always says, but hey, Jezreel, like it's a swear word. <laughs> he wants to be like, but hey, Jezreel, woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he wants to do. <laughs> He's like, what is it about me that bothers your father? When you argue with him, you are not your father, Paul. <laughs> you don't get to say that. I'm your mom. You sit down and shut up. <laughs> That's exactly it. And Paul thought, it'll worry her, but I must tell her what the Mape woman said about the traitor. Right? So he's he's trying to hold these things. He's trying to be an adult and hold people, like, the worries and not let mom and dad know. Right. In this situation, he needs to, like, make they fully go on. They need to share the 100%, the three of them, the, the Duke, Jessica, and Paul, need to tell everything to each other. Right. Um, so Jessica thought the message on the leaf. She came to a sudden decision to show Paul the leaf and told him the message. 
and Paul's like, my father must learn about this. I'll, I'll like send it in transmission. She's like, no, no, no. You need to see him in person. And so he's like, do you mean we should trust nobody? And she says, well, there's another possibility, right? I think she's like, I maybe, I don't know. You, she shouldn't trust anybody at this point. Right. But the message, she says, the message could have been to get us like against each other. Paul's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we could have so distrust and suspicion weaken us. That's that makes sense. That's a that's a proper strategy if you were the Harkonnens, right? That's actually part of the strategy to get how mistrust Jessica. So. And then I love how Paul like nails it right, bit, right off the bat. He turns to her and said, I don't think it's Howard either. It's possible it's Yui. Like Paul, bam. I mean, we know Yui's the traitor. He's like, no, it's right. definitely Yui. Yui's the only person it could be. Right. She's like, no, he's not a lieutenant or a companion. But like assure- a chapter ago, she was like, Yui, come on, we're buds. Like, we're friends. Exactly. We don't have to. She, yeah, I think he definitely, I don't say tricked, but like misdirected her. Right. With this whole, like, I hate, I hate the Harkonnens as much as you do thing. And like, they took my wife and I want to kill them equally. Like, it makes sense. Oh yeah. He's not the person. Um, but he is the only one that could do it. Paul directed his attention to the cliffs thinking, couldn't be Gurney or Duncan. Gurney's too much of an ugly idiot who hates a Harkonnen to ever betray the Atreides. Not the Duncan, Right. Duncan's off with a Fremen. Like, no. Could be one of the sub-lieutenants? Impossible. They're all families that have been loyal us for generation and for good reason. Jessica rubbed her forehead, censoring her own fatigue. So much peril here. And so, all right. So then she, like, looks out over in the window, looks at the shield wall, right? The shield wall is a geological structure that keeps the storms out. She looks at this big thing. And this is something I didn't notice before. Was the, this, they're talking about the ducal ground stretched at a high fence of storage yards, lines of spice silos in them with still a watchtower standing around like so many startled spiders. She could see 20 storage yards of silos reaching to the cliffs of the shield wall. Silos repeated stuttering across the bacon basin bacon the bacon 40 and slip there whoop someone's hungry um <laughs> but those those silos are all they all have spice in them right i just just wealth upon wealth that's the reason they're here as to why we're all fighting for this thing it's all of this spice and it's just this a massive amount of wealth that she's like, there's so much peril here. Looks out the window. Oh, is that the reason why? Right. Like, and I mean, she's standing in this friggin' basically a water park <laughs> looking at silos upon silos of spice. Like all of the all of the like signs of wealth are just like all around her, but sh- still she's like completely not safe. And almost like paralyzed, not paralyzed by it, but like she can't trust anybody. She feels right. almost completely alone. And then when she's looking, she sees something blinking at the, over at the shield wall. And she it's not any message she's known. And, well, she's been a Jesuit and studied languages. I'm sure she knows most of them. 
as well as everything like deep in her subconscious. She doesn't get any of them. Um, one might off to their left, grew brighter, began to wink back and forth very fast, and it was gone. The false star in the cliff winked out immediately. Signals. They filled her with a premonition. Why are these lights being used to signal across the bacon the basin? Stop with the bacon, all right? <laughs> I just can't hide my my love of bacon. It's, it's just, it's got me good. Keep it Dune related, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so she says the answer's got to be obvious, right? communication was certain to be trapped now by agents of Duke Leto. The light signals are only to mean messages that will be sent between the enemies and between the Harkonnen agents. I don't know if I buy that obviousness. Right. That seems too easy, but... That was my thought. Like, it's like, it's like Paul saying, we gotta kill them all. It's definitely the Harkonnens. Or it's like the... Um, just blame the native right off the bat. It's this. It's like it's like they're setting it up to make it. It's too easy, I think. Right. I don't know. Like it could be different. I could be wrong. It just that feels fremen to me, but maybe not. Right. Using light signals across the basin. Um, I mean, I'm sure the fremen want to know what's happening with this giant change on their planet. But yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. Yeah. I think that's definitely like you take the road to the end of this, you don't see anything. Like you've you you've uh going from the quote from the beginning. Right. Like if it's so obvious oh, it's like if you just jump to the next conclusion, if that's obvious it's not it, like the path turned. Right. Kind of thing. And then uh there came a tapping at the door behind them, the voice of the Howitz men. All clear, sir, my lady. Time to get the young master to his father. And that ends our time in the weirding room. There it is. Any questions or concerns you got, Evan, about what's happening? Um, I feel like I'm watching, you know, when you're watching a bad horror movie and it's like, uh, the murderer is in the shack. Don't go in the shack. You know, that's kind of how it feels with them right now. Because, like, we know it's Yui. We know that the the letter was correct, but they're doubting it. And you're like, no, 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 stop. Trust the letter. You know, like, if only we could send a coded message to them and let them know. <laughs> they can avoid some pain right now. But, you know, that's that's kind of the uh, the tension in me as, as we're reading. It's like, oh. They're so close to figuring it out and like foiling the other plan, but uh, yeah, they're they're so deep into it they can't even see it. Right, and they're overthinking things. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do any better. Honestly, I'm not that smart, so I'd probably be like, hey, "What's happening?" And then just like Hunter Seeker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would not do much better myself. I mean, I would have roughed up the guy too if somebody tried to kill. The, the Duke's son. I'm like, oh, where's this guy? Oh, we missed him <laughs> Right, like, oh, man, yeah, I, I wouldn't have followed orders and kept him alive. I would have got my Harkonnen in. Get him. 
Because in the next chapter, like, we'll get to the next chapter next. But um, the Duke Leto is talking to Gurney, like, don't worry, we left some Harkonnens for you. Like, I feel like there's a Legolas Gimli moment happening just in the Atreides ranks. How many Harkonnens can you kill? Yeah. You're going to be counting soon. <laughs> right. Um, they need to like plaque their helmets on the wall or something. I don't know. They probably don't have, they're probably not like, oh, just disguised on regular people, but you know, who knows? I, the thing I found most interesting is how did the um, Lady Margaret Fenring, how did she know the plan? Like, how open is this? And the only people that, like, does the whole universe know except the Atreides? Ah, that's interesting. I mean, also, got to keep in mind that she is B'nai Gesserit. So she has some other sneaky ways of, like, knowing what's going on, even if it wasn't, like, told to her, you know? And I think the B'nai Gesserit are always, like, sticking out for each other because their loyalty isn't to their husbands. It isn't to the emperor. It is to each other. Right. And their, and their job is to serve the people they're under, but their loyalty is to keep each other safe, right? They have the whole missionary productiva buried into in society to keep them safe. So, yeah, I think, yeah, this is definitely a warning, like sorority sister to sorority sister saying, yo, watch your back. They coming. You shouldn't be doubting the, okay, let's, Right, so I don't, yeah, they shouldn't be trying to doubt. And so, yeah, that's a we're looking too much in suspicion, right? But, you know, yeah. So that concludes chapter ten. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. We're almost halfway done with book one in yeah. Dune. Yeah. yeah, we are on Arrakis. Things are spicing up. We're about halfway through Piter's plan, and it's about to go crazy. So, if you want to follow us. We'd love to get, you know, some comments. We've got some more followers on the Twitter. Nice. At Reading Dune. You can always email us. Email us about how wrong we are about something. Um, at readingdune at gmail.com. My name is Caleb. And my name is Evan. And uh, don't forget to stay spicy, my friends. Stay spicy. Woo-woo.